Hey, what it do with the business is. It is another week in the books with the On Deck TV podcast. I am Spike Lou. Man, holla at your boy Animal underscore Brown on social media if you're looking for the kid. Absolutely. I am Spike Lou on them same social sites. Holla at your boy, boy, back in the saddle. Another week in the books. How are you feeling out there? Animal Brown, CJ, LGB, no, just <laughs> feeling good, feeling great. The sun is out. No perfect time other than right now to do this episode because it's hot outside, nigga. We reached 80s. Mm. The guys in the field hit the 90s. I like Jesus Christ. Summer is here. Strong little heat wave going on. Niggas is outside. <laughs> I went. I went, shout out our guy, uh, <laughs> shout out our guy, young Jimmy, man. That's his comedian name. I went to go check him out this weekend down Edgewood. He had a comedy show. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you, walking down Edgewood, yeah. I have never felt so old in my life. I can see that. Yeah. Young niggas was outside. Yeah. Probably posted no cats, up. white smoking. Yeah. Weed in the air. I was slick yeah. offended. Get my ass in the house, nigga. No. <laughs> Look, not to be an old hater, but the kids is definitely outside having fun, my nigga. Like, you know, shit you used to be oblivious to when you yep. were young. Just like, oh, it's lit now. Here, nigga, let me grab a spot and post up. As you get older, you'd be like, man, let me get the fuck out of here, dude. Yeah, I, I ain't got know time for none of that shit. About to go down. None of that shit. Oof. Them days over with, man. But hey, listen. V. We got a hot, it's a hot summer. We got a hot episode, guys. We are talking our favorite summer albums. We got five apiece that released during the summer months. You know how we get down. We're taking it all the way back to 93 with the selections. So I've got five. Lou has five. We'll talk about that in a moment. Also, new verses alert. I feel like it's been forever since we talked about verses. But that one has a new one coming up. We'll talk about who we think will win. And then Cardi B talks politics on David Letterman. We'll talk about whether she has a responsibility to do that or not. But first, your man, Kendrick Lamar, his final numbers are in for his long-awaited Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. After a five-year wait, he has sold 285,000 first week. Mm-hmm. That is down from his last album, Damn, which sold 605,000 first week. Damn near a third of it. Um, my question, do you consider this a flop? The on-deckers out there in the universe know when Animal Brown gets to prepare the production because he'll throw the slick hating in there. Mm-hmm. What kind of question is this? Yeah. Flop? Legitimate. No. Absolutely not. Kendrick Lamar hasn't released an album in five years. And he came out and he sold right there with his contemporaries. Well, who are his contemporaries? Future, first week sales, 220,000. Cole, first week sales, 288,000. Drake's first week sales, 613,000. You're damn right. That's a lot of records. But... To Kendrick Lamar's credit, he hasn't, doesn't have the same business model as these guys in rap. I'm not everywhere. I'm not doing features. I'm not, my name isn't out there. So for me to come after a five-year hiatus and still sell what 
J. Cole Soul, who's been everywhere, who's been active, he's been putting Dreamville on the map these last two years. I think it's still very impressive as to what he does. I feel like if we would have took to take guesses beforehand on what he would have sold, I feel like everybody, me, you, and Chris would have guessed more than 285. Mm. We would probably would have guessed north of three, maybe four, only because of his stature in the rap game and how long he's been gone. It was super highly anticipated. This was one of the questions that Chris threw to us. Is this one of the most highly anticipated albums in recent memory? Yes. And we all thought yes. But the numbers aren't reflecting that. And I, my, really, the question, I don't even want to know if you consider it a flop because sales and yeah, but sales and all that shit don't even really mean nothing no more with streams, dude. That shit can be faked too easily. It can be manufactured. My question is, why do you think it sold that? Like, I heard people, Twitter was kind of mad at them trying to fake cancel them. They mad because he had Kodak Black on the album. And Kendrick is supposed to be quote unquote conscious. And so when he puts Kodak Black on his album, it's questionable. People looked at it like, yeah, I don't know about that. He looked at it as a co-sign. And so I saw a lot of people pissed off about that online. And I wondered if you think that had anything to do with it. Uh, I don't. Well, I think that that's a small microcosm of it. I think it's more to the point that nowadays, you have to be in the zeitgeist every day. Like you need to be posting on Instagram. You need to be letting people know what you're doing. And everyone doesn't do it the same. Yeah. Like Drake could put a comment in something and it'll make the shade room. Like he ain't necessarily posting on Instagram, walking around doing the selfie thing. J. Cole can sign a 10 day contract in the end by BDIL, whatever it may be in Africa. That's how he gets his off. Kendrick Lamar doesn't necessarily have a way to get his off other than rapping, other than his coming through on Baby King, smoking on your top five, and then I'm out of here again. Unfortunately, hip-hop isn't that anymore. You can't base your laurels on, I'm just going to murder everything that comes out. On top of that, I'm going to come out and put out this fire-ass album, and I'm still going to expect to do 613. It ain't that anymore. Unfortunately, we ain't reached that place in the game. And the reason why, to answer your question, is just he ain't active enough. Yeah. But he can still participate with the big dogs just based off his skill set. But the reason that he ain't doing 613 or a million first week, because he's not active enough. And in the sport right now of hip-hop, you got to be active. For sure. Do, do you think, because there's another faction of people that were a little let down at his lack of, addressing some topics that happened since the last time he came out. Like there was no George Floyd talk. There was none of that type of talk in the album. And a lot of people were expecting that. I wonder if that was a part of it too. Like I, I feel like I'm not saying that this is a large percentage, but I feel like there's a little ground swelling of this guy did this with Kodak Black. What the fuck, man? Fuck Kendrick Lamar. He didn't even say anything about George Floyd. Like, I feel like there's a little bit of noise with that, bro, that's affecting these sales, real talk. Not a lot, but a little. How would that affect the sales, though? I think those people would have to listen to the album, right? Like, they would have to at least give him a stream for it to come back with that thought process. True. You think I think the, people, the replay value. I think people didn't listen after that. that. I think that's that why runs it up. Like that's why Drake Project is at six thirteen, like you said, because of the replay value. That's a good point. Yeah. My question to you on that premise: 
do you think that he lost people going in? Do you think that there was a large percentage of people that were like, since Kendrick Lamar ain't been around for so long, you know what? I'm not even checking for this. Like, for instance, when he came out, Taylor Swift would, was listening to uh, Money Trees or Backstreet Freestyle, one of yeah. those. Then you would have those one-offs that put That's that true. album and damn and put him in the like, oh, okay, Kendrick Lamar, y'all know who he is. He's a cool black guy, the rapper. Now, do you think going into this project, he still had that? Yeah, no. Yeah. They were gone. Uh, and and that's that's definitely Boom. a part of it because you're going to get those fair weather. Let me check this out since everybody's talking about it. Sit on Instagram no more, right? Yeah. That that def you don't sell six hundred and fifteen thousand first week strictly on people that listen to rap. Like you're going to cross over into other shit, dude. Like that's just the fact of the matter. So yeah, I agree because because he's not out there like that because he's not featured on. I don't know, fucking Ed Shearing new song that yes, he you're not going to get a couple like, of those fans. Like Drake is funny. He's places. Niggas can hate on J. Cole and be like, oh, that nigga can't hoop. All of that shit draws it's people. Press. Still, exactly. It draws people to your music. Good press, yeah. bad press. Even with the Kodak Black shit, like you said, people may hate him, but they're still drawn to what he's doing because he's everywhere. You can't help but to know who Kodak Black is. So when he come out, he's going to sell because the people who want to hate anyway, at least are going to give it that one stream to come Twitter finger it. Oh, I hate this song because can you believe he said this? Boom. Kendrick, I, thought I don't was, get that. I don't get none of those because, you know. I know. I thought it was weird that people were mad at Kendrick for doing a song with, with Kodak, and Kodak was just was on Lotto Project thirty days ago. I don't know. Nobody, none of them wrote dissertations on Twitter about that. I just thought that was weird. Mm, that, that is a fair, fair <laughs> point. Speaking of fair points and the new game that we're in now, it was breaking news when your man take off. And Quavo dropped a new song. But that wasn't the breaking news. The breaking news that Offset, who was not a part of the song titled, what was it titled? Whatever it was titled, it was by Neff and Few, which is take yeah, Hotel off Lobby. Quavo, Hotel Lobby by Neff and Few, which is takeoff and Quavo. No Offset. Offset then went and unfollowed those two. I don't know if it was before or after the song was released. But that was the big news. My question to you, Animal Brown, is there trouble in Migos Paradise with the unfollowing of Offset and Quavo and whatever? Yeah, that's the millennial way of saying I don't fuck with anybody anymore mm. when you unfollow them. That's what that means. That's the 2020 millennial version of a young millennial Gen Z version. Um, I think this would be okay if they hadn't come under a new name. Them calling them offset and me and Quavo, excuse me, take off and Quavo doing a song and dropping it tomorrow, hotel lobby, nobody would have cared. But when you come under the name Neff and Few, and like it's almost like it's a new group, and that kind of looks a little strange. And then offset unfollowed them, Cardi B unfollowed them. Um, so that really makes it look sketchy. TMZ caught up with Quavo, tried to ask him. He didn't really want to answer. That makes it even more crazier. I don't think that was a part of a rollout. 
Because if it was, I think that was a terrible idea for a rollout, number one, like that. That's not going to get you any clicks, uh, any more clicks than you would have gotten. But I, I would hate to see that because if I'm not mistaken, all three of them are family. I think so. I that would that would kind of be some slow. And I'm not going to lie, this isn't the Migos breakup that I saw coming. I thought they were going to all three break away from QC. That's what I thought was going to happen. But now it looks like maybe QC pulled takeoff and Quavo to the side <laughs> and maybe got in their ear. And maybe they're like, man, maybe it's QC shit ain't too bad. And maybe Offset was ready to dip. Who knows? There's, there's no telling. There's a bunch of things that could go on with groups. But you hate to see it, though. You don't want to see them three break up. That'd be whack. That would be whack. Um, but it's captivating. It gets the people talking. They love it, right? We were just talking about press. So I can see it being a rollout just like it's been mentioned out there in the stratosphere. They are family. They are related. I think it's a cousin, an uncle, and a nephew. Hence, yeah, the there you go. Yeah, yeah. Nephew and few. Yeah. Um, Offset is a married man, as you mentioned uh, to Cardi B. He's been doing his thing. They're super couple, family man. Yeah, your family man. Yeah. So I could see him missing studio sessions, not wanting to be a part of what they had going on the whole Migos campaign. They might be some wild boys. Like they might still be living a single life. I'm not sure if either one of them is um, tied to anybody, but what I'm getting at is he may not have been hanging out with them as much. He may have been getting songs done. It may not have been the traditional way that Migos did it. And by the time he looks up and he like, oh, I got some free time. They got F and few out. Yeah. And then, okay, well, I'm unfollowing you. Like you said, the millennial way of saying, hey, I don't fuck with you. Yeah. What I don't understand, and I got a question for you at, if we're family and I do want to follow you just because nothing other than I don't want to see the nephew and few shit. If it's what y'all wrong, I ain't even got no problem with y'all. I just don't want to see that when I log into my social media, if I hit you up and I told you that, would you be mad at me? Yeah, that'd be a little strange. Cause because if you look at it, like from a family perspective, you would want the other person to support it even if they're not a part of it. And it make it makes it look like he may be sour or tight because he's not a part of it. Mm. And then that comes off, that can come off as hating um, when <laughs> they all three had solo projects and they all promoted each other's shit. Like they've been down this road before. It's not as if every song they've ever done has been with all three of them, dude. Like, come on, off, um, Takeoff wasn't even on Bad and Bougie. That's arguably their biggest song, dude. And he wasn't even on it, nigga. That was yeah. fucking Neff and Cousin, nigga. That's what that was. And so, like, he yeah. like he wasn't sour about that. He wasn't. He didn't unfollow niggas because of that. Like, so. yeah, good point. And I'm saying, is it justifiable if he let them know? Like, if he hit you up and you Animal Brown, he was like, hey, bro, I, just, I don't like this shit. Would you think that he was a hater? He's like, man, I don't want to see that shit. So, like, I, I am kind of sour. I was not fucking with y'all or whatever it may be, but I'm just kind of sour. So I'm going to follow you. I'm going to let you know now. I mean, that's Did fair. you hot at him? I mean, I, I slick. Yeah, I would be. But at least he said something, though. Right. <laughs> and at the end of the day, they family. Like, it ain't no, like, this going to be some beef or anything of that nature. Yeah, nah. So... I could see a lot of misunderstandings happen. These no. young black men getting money, they live in their lives. It wasn't like it was when they were coming up. They probably right. were all around each other a lot. This is our process. This is what we're doing. 
But like I mentioned, this man, he's a married man. He got kids. This man got a whole, he got like five kids. He got a this whole family. Got a whole family. He's built generational wealth. He's figuring out how to manage that, provide, be a whole different person from who you guys were as Migos. So I could see him being sour, one, on like, y'all niggas are still out here doing this, doing that, and I'm on some other shit. I can't get you when I can, but... I didn't expect y'all niggas to have nothing few. God goddamn, this is what I gotta yeah. open up. So I could see that side of it. And I also could see them niggas being like, my nigga, you was clocked out. Like, we yeah. didn't know what you had going on. Like, you got beef with the label with your girl. Like, you ain't fucking with P. Cause P came out and said that Offset never really works or loved the rap, not works, but didn't love rap. If he did, he'd be even bigger. No, he said he said that about takeoff. About takeoff, excuse me, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is the guy that's not communicating with the rest of the group and unfollowing people. So I say that to say there probably was a lot of miscommunication or non-communication that led to this. I don't think it's a big deal because they are family, but I do think there probably was a lack of conversation just as us as black men should start doing a lot more of like, hey, bro, this. I'm mad about this. Not a physical altercation. It ain't beef or anything, right. but I don't like how you handled this. We can have a disagreement about it. We can hash it out. We can still be cool, dap it up, go get lunch at the end of the day because it's not that big of a deal. Why well, I got to hate you and you got to hate me, but I was offended and it's how I felt about it. We should yep. start being able to do that more. I, I definitely agree. Uh, hopefully this don't really lead to nothing and these right. niggas will be back following each other. The fact that people are on top of the of who follows who is insane that's though. crazy bro. like i ain't got time for none of that shit like, dude i barely even know how to see that <laughs> like if a nigga hit you up and was like hey ab man the gym shit i ain't feeling that bro i still fuck with you and everything bro i just gotta unfollow you man like i'm just letting you know bro i fuck with you bro hit me up but like the gym shit every morning dude like i'm just gonna go on and follow you dude like fuck it <laughs> would you hey. be mad Nah, hell no. Nah. But <laughs> listen, everybody get in early, nigga. When I hit 220, nigga, the shirt coming off on IG. You ain't talking about nothing. Let me go in and unfollow now <laughs> and let you know that it's not personal. If you start taking it like Wiz, nigga. <laughs> bro, if you start taking your shirt off on IG, the shade room can report it now. Spike Lou unfollows Animal <laughs> CJ Brown. I'm out of there. Disgusting. Nigga, I'm putting the Wiz shorts on, nigga. I hit 220. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely gone. <laughs> Peace, my nigga. I'm Fred Flintstone and out of there. <laughs> yeah, but that would do. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, next up, man, we have a brand new versus alert scheduled for this week, the 26th. Quick recap. It's been pretty slow this year in versus. The last hip hop versus was uh, Onyx and Cypress Hill. <laughs> Big sleeper. No way. Yeah. Two weeks ago. 1000% wasn't checking for that. And before that, it was Mary Mary and BB and CC whining. So it's been pretty slow. Oh, man. Um, but this week coming up, we have a down south clash of the Titans, UGK versus eight ball and MJG, the long teased, long awaited versus. Simple question, man. Who you got? Man, first of all, this is in the A. I'm trying to be in the building if you're listening to that. Or know where this is being held because we ain't privy to the information. I want to be in there. That's, yeah. That will be something that I see. I love both of these groups, man. Um, UGK, I grew up on both A-Ball and MJG and UGK. And I was all ready to come in here being uh, – uh, I love riding dirty. 
But MG, sure. MJG and A-Ball probably are my favorite group, more so from their body of work. And I was all prepared to come in here and be like, man, they can win this thing and they'll take it. Then I got reminded on Twitter by my guy, Black. Shout out, Black. He said, nigga, you forget about Bun B solo run? Yeah. That is yep. what's going to make this an ugly night. That tips like, the scale. Was, oh, my God. That that solo run, the free Pimp C run, the Jay-Z, yeah. Jay-Z's, the yeah. three sixes, yeah. all of that right there. Yeah. Oh, it's going to get nasty in there for MJG because it's only so far the pimp hard and space age pimping like those are gonna ring off don't get sure. me wrong and those are regional classics for sure but man they ain't gotten enough heat for like big wow. pimping and shit like that it's wow. just it's, it's 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 gonna be fun and i'm gonna enjoy it but if i had to pick a winner i'm gonna go with ugk shout out to my guy black man Absolutely. First things first is as soon as I saw it was live in Atlanta, I couldn't get to Ticketmaster fast enough. Nigga, I was looking for though. I went to Ticketmaster, StubHub, whatever. <sighs> Nigga, I'm at I'm at every ticket app you can name, and it was crickets. And so I'm like, nigga, the one time y'all been having live shows for the last eight verses, dude. And the one time it's in Atlanta, now they're not for sale? No tickets? And, and they was going to be able to bust my head, too. I was That's gonna, what I'm saying. I was going to be like, okay, fuck it. Bro. Like, fuck, I was just going to be able to, I'm going to fuck it. I was gonna eat that, bro. Like, that, yeah. that, like this was a, this is a one-time thing, bro. Like, I, I would have took that L, and I would have been in the building. They could have smacked me for the seats. And I would have been there, dude, but they 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 blew that. But the winner is definitely UGK. And you, you're saying Bun Solo um, catalog is tipping it. I think the features tip it. Um, UGK features, period. I think they have bigger features than, than um, A-Ball MJG. And uh, I think that's what's going to do it. Because they could go. They got four or five No Limit songs, bro. They could, they could play, dude. Facts. They break me off something, bro, to oh kick, though. God. Like, what? <laughs> They like, what is they going to play when they play kick, though, bro? Like, like, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like, even even if you play, play like, Space Age Pimpin' should be a W, but they could take it a whole nother way and play uh, Take It Off. That's what and and get and it's close. Hey, hey man, then it's close. Like, that. that's what, and I love A Ball MJG. Um, love them. They probably they'll probably play some B side shit that I'm gonna be hyped to that maybe the rest of the Instagram world may not even be on, but nigga, I'm gonna be hyped to it depending on what it is they play. So I'm looking forward to this. This was supposed to happen a long time ago. Bun B said that it got pushed back for the one of the old school ones, man. One of the old school ones kind of pushed this one back and it just kind of snowballed from there. Mm. But it's finally here, it's, it's long overdue. And this is probably the my the most hyped I've been for versus in several months. Yeah, I'm I'm locked in for this. It's coming out with tomorrow, we, Thursday. You know, we dropping tomorrow's. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wednesday, so this is tomorrow for sure. That it'll be coming out. I cannot wait. I'm going to be locked and loaded. Yeah, popcorn ready. Facts, facts. Before we get out of here and get you our favorite albums for the summer from the On Deck TV show. Cardi Brown was on David Letterman. Cardi Brown? Phew, shit. Cardi B. I was going to say Animal Brown. Cardi That's B funny. was on David Letterman. <laughs> Is it 
her responsibility. She was telling David Letterman she loves to use her platform to speak on different things, one of those being politics and what's going on in the world. Animal Brown, is it Cardi B's responsibility to speak on politics with her platform? Of course not. Of course not. And I, and I wish more people would understand this. And I feel like we've had this comment. People like to poke at Cardi when she talks politics. They like to try to play her like she's ignorant. They try to like to play her like she's stupid, like she don't really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so I can understand her wanting to prove other people wrong or just voice her opinion. She doesn't, she's never really came off as the type of person to hold her tongue. She has always given her opinion on how she felt about shit. So I understand the, um, the temptation to do so. But does she have a responsibility? Man, fuck no. Everybody, listen, everybody don't need to talk about politics. Everybody doesn't. I know it's you got a platform. You got people following you. You thinking like, damn, I got to say something. You actually don't have to say anything. Like, <laughs> you really don't. If you want to, that's commendable. I respect it. There's probably other ways you could, quote unquote, say something through actions and stuff of that nature. But I've seen her get into it with other political figures on Twitter and Instagram live. And I mean, I don't, bro, I, they, they can miss me with all of that. She does not have a responsibility, nor does anybody that's not running for office. That's an interesting perspective. Um, no, to agree with you. She does not have a responsibility. I do appreciate her for doing so. It's very commendable because like you said, she doesn't have to do that. She can get there and just pop her shit and promote her music and be out of people's lives and still make her money. But I do think since she's able to offer her opinion, and people do challenge her. And I appreciate that she doesn't back down from the challenges. If I know more or less about it, guess what? I know people that can school me on it. I can go get them and, hey, you talk to Stacey Abrams. Since you coming to me with all this, yep. I can bring her on my IG or whatever it might be. I do think that that's dope. And I appreciate that she says that she does think that she has a responsibility. If I'm going to be promoting music, if I'm going to be promoting clothes and doing this other stuff, here and selling this to you sell 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 then sometimes i can mix the medicine in with the candy that's dope to me again yeah. no artist no artist is responsible has the responsibility to have to do that or should feel like that they are responsible for but i do greatly appreciate it when they don't disappear when mm-hmm. stuff pops up like no. you ain't gotta have a dissertation you don't have to go in detail but I do appreciate the ones that don't disappear when stuff pops up. And you brought up a great point when you were speaking there is when people feel like that they are, they owe their followers or this or that. And you see that shit trickle down to people who have like really no one's even listening. And you just literally just standing on the soapbox. So yeah, I appreciate it though. Yeah, no, it's it's like, it's commendable. I just want people to be educated in what it is that they're saying. You know what I'm saying? This this don't just go for her. This go for anybody. Like you don't want to get out here saying shit. That happened during the um during the quarantine during the pandemic, man. A couple of people almost got canceled for saying shit that was kind of half-assed or sounded good at the time. But then you put it out there and then you get ate up, corrected quickly. Because trust me, Twitter will correct you, social media will correct you, and they won't cut you no slack for fucking up, it, it, right or wrong. But that's it's just tough, how it man. is. Because a lot of people nowadays are learning on the fly, too. So I agree. it's tough, man. So I think what we could do as a society better at 
is allowing people to fuck up, not egregiously. But I said that about the baby, though. Continuously. I said that about the baby. Not egregiously, <laughs> not continuously. I said that like, about him on the stage in Florida, bro. Lead. Like, as long as you show that you trying, like, even yeah. when you're corrected, if you ain't fighting it to the death on your heel and at least are listening and open to having a conversation, and you ain't even got to agree. Mm. But just the point that people, like, feel like they got to be perfect now. That, that That's driving people away from celebrity. A lot of Kendrick Lamar album was about that. I can't believe you brought the baby up, dude. That's nuts. I could, because, because I that's said, nuts. when he said what he said on the uh, in, in Miami and Rolling Loud, I said, why doesn't someone just ask him what he meant by that statement before you jump out the window? Because we're not, oh. the, the statement was too random for you murdered. to understand what he was talking about. I don't give a fuck who you are unless, you, unless you're on his team. Because he allegedly murdered a man in Walmart and beat a valet attendant up. And yeah. I can keep going and going and going. So yeah, yeah, you're right. He deserves it at some point in his career before those things happen. But by the time you get to rolling loud and you've made that many mistakes, a lot of people are over it. I think that was more so people being over it than not allowing him to explain or even diving into detail. He he probably don't know what he meant, bro. I, he probably don't, but I mean, but again, how many, all these people criticizing him? how many of them been on stage in front of 40,000 people, bro, and been asked to speak. That don't that ain't fair. I don't think that that's excusable but, because of that though. Because you and and like I said, you continuously to see it in his character. Just here recently again, <laughs> just again the nigga was over in Ghana. Like bro, I seen game in Ghana, and I don't necessarily fuck with game. People that listen to this show know how I feel about game. He was over there and looked beautiful. For sure, he was over there walking with the kids and shit. I seen Ross over there. Shit was fired. Nigga was talking about building land over there. I seen Nipsey before he passed over in Africa. They may not have all been in the same places, but I see this idiot, the baby over there, throwing money out the fucking window, causing a riot. Like, what are you doing? Like, again, to your Give it back to the people, man. Fuck, you niggas an idiot. <laughs> That's how you give back to the people, bro. I'm going to throw a chunk out the window. Let Robin me, Hood let me throw a chunk out the window to the very less fortunate over here. Like, stop it, bro. But again, to your point of why you asked, a lot of people haven't been on stage in front of 40,000 people. And had they made less mistakes before getting on stage and doing that, then people will afford him the opportunity to do so. But when you continue to do dumb shit like he do, ain't nobody fucking with you, bro. Except for you, obviously. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm supporting him. Yes, I ain't gonna man. let him fall. That is your man's. Um, hey man, favorite summer albums. It is that time of the year. To be fair, technically, summer begins June 21st, right? And ends September 22nd. I have four albums that fall in between that, but then I have one that falls outside, but it feels like a summer album to me. Mm. So I'm I'm giving that heads up. But I've got five, you got five. Give me two. We're gonna start off with give me two albums that in your head you think summer, whether it was released during that time or just a few. 
I went with release during that time, mostly oh. for mine. So these are summer albums released between those dates. And first, for me and foremost, when I'm talking about a summer feel and album, I got to go to 2005, number one on my list, July. We were all, we spoke about this last week when Anticipations, everybody was waiting on this album and was playing out of every car. I haven't seen an impact like it. Well, excuse me. I've seen very few impacts like it since. And that's Jeezy TM 101 mm -hmm. out the gate. If I'm picking a particular summer song, it's Air Forces. Mm. Let's get it. Mm. Another one. No, that's a good one. That is definitely a good one. Um, it was hard before I give my other one, man. This was a very difficult list with there's some classic albums that fall in between this. So we'll do some honorable mentions at the end, but man, this was a difficult list to put together for summer albums. Another one that feels real summery and the theme of the episode as well. We just spoke about them. One of my personal favorites, a down south classic. You weren't outside, I was a ball MJG <laughs> 1993 August coming out hard nine yeah. songs fucking classic yeah uh mr big would be the song the the perfect summer song that i pick off of there they used to play that in teen night and shit like that with a ball and MJ in 93 you weren't at teen night either number one <laughs> but they played that song in teen night when i was there and a couple <laughs> years later though. i'm gonna age myself here but was outside in 94. Easy. Easy outside in 94. What are your two summer albums and the explanations behind it? I'm keeping mine. Um, I'm going to start off with the ones I got in between the dates. I'm going September 11th, Blueprint. Um, it's got with the samples, the soul samples. This has outside written all over it. You listen to Girls, Girls, Girls. You listen to H to the Izzo. Like these songs sound like you're outside, you know what I'm saying? It, outside New York, nigga, with the fucking fire hydrants going off and all of that shit that they used to do in the videos all the time. It gives me that heart of the city. Like this gives me outside uh, vibes, but with, with a northern feel to it, not necessarily down south outside. Hmm. Um, secondly, I'm going August 3rd, Astro World. Um, wow. Travis Scott, that definitely gives me outside vibes. It's high energy. We talked about this when we reviewed it on this show. It gives me amusement park, theme park. And that's when people hit the amusement parks up. They hit Six Flags up in the summertime. Like, you don't want to Six Flags in December. You go in the summertime. So it, it gave me that type of vibe. So those are my two off top, two for two very different reasons. That's really interesting because for me, and it's crazy how music and perspectives weigh so heavily, Blueprint is a fall album for me. Really? Blueprint, yeah, Blueprint for me is like fair weather in Nashville. People from Nashville know what I'm talking about. Like the seasons are just starting to change. You might have to throw on like the flannel at night. You know what I mean? You might've got away with the short sleeve in the daytime. It may be warm at day, but at night it's kind of crisp football weather right before it's full-fledged hoodie season. That's what Blueprint is to me. So that's interesting. I'm going to tell you a fall song. You just made me think of that when you said that. What's that? When I think of a fall song, I think of Benny Siegel, Feel It in the Air. 
Mm. Like that's a fall song where the leaves just turn orange. That's a fact. That's a fact. See, I feel like that the whole Blueprint album like that to me. That's mm. how I feel about that. That's that's very interesting. I that's, I'm from New York though, so it's different. I'm from New York. Yeah, moving right along. <laughs> I want to give one here because I don't want to take your one, but I do want to know if you're not going to use it, and I'm going to use it. So it's, I do want you to go next and get okay. another one before I, and I I can kind of pivot off of that. Because I'm gonna do like two. Both, we would have yeah, do two. I'm gonna and do two. Like um, I'm I'm going June eighth. I know you don't have this because <clears throat> your taste in music isn't what it used to be. Kitsy Ghost. Um, Kanye oh, and Kid Cudi, the long-awaited collab project. They were undefeated previously with their collabs. They finally gave us what we were asking for. No one asked for that. A no semi-full-length project. <laughs> this is when Kanye was on his, I'm going to produce seven records for all the people on my label. This met expectations. Big Summertime Vibes, Reborn is my shit on there. I think Summertime when I listen to this. And another one, June 16th, right in the middle of the summer, A-Town. I'm going 2 chains. Pretty Girls Like Trap Music. Mm. That definitely has an outside Atlanta sound. <clears throat> um, several bangers on the album. Like, it's, it's not even close. And that should still hold up. It came across my, my shuffle not too long ago. And I was like, damn, this motherfucker banging, man. Door swinging, 4 a.m., a Riverdale Road. Like, this is <laughs> this is when you're riding windows halfway down, AC still on, sunroof open, and you're listening to this, and it's banging. Uh, this is definitely Atlanta summertime music, in my opinion. That is a fact. You must are you favor are you saving your favorite for last? Do you favor your last one more than the rest of them? I don't, I've only, I'm only saving the last one because it's, it falls just outside of the summertime spectrum. Uh, That's the only reason I'm saving that one. Interesting. Well, my next two, I would say, perfect summertime music. Every time I think it is, I think of when it dropped and busting blocks down Broadway in Nashville, Second Avenue. If you're from Nashville, where I'm from, then you know it used to be cracking sitting in traffic and I remember this came out and us discussing was it a classic album or not Cameron come home with me Ooh. came out May 2002 niggas was outside outside by this time we were adults we were out of high school it was popping yeah. this album kind of personified a moment and period of my life that I probably would never forget and if I had to pick a song off here that personified summer and, and outside it definitely is old boy like when I question, that's the perfect outside summer song. Now, a lot more I could choose from here, but I'm going to come more current and um, take one off the list from something that's more recent because I, I almost got stuck with everything back in the day. Yeah. But came up to more recent, but still an old rapper, uh, more recent classic, and that's 444 Jay-Z. Mm. Um, I enjoy this as a, we were talking about Edgewood and being outside. This is a barbecue, chilling in the backyard, smoking a cigar, shit on the grill, summer record. If I had to pick a song, it would be Legacy. 
And again, I feel like this album to me is just like grown man summer music. You might got your toes out with the unk sandals. Oh my God. And on whatever you tickle your fancy as an old head, you might be doing it listening to this 444 with people running around the crib and hosting and shit. So I feel like that that's an ultimate summer album for me. That's respectable and acceptable. I, I wouldn't have thought summer because of the themes on there, but if you listen to some of the production and the vibe, but then, then that, adds, that adds up. Thanks. That makes sense. My last one is just outside of the parameters. It came out October 22nd, but to me, it has a summertime feel to it. Um, it's like a movie. This reminded me of watching A Boys in the Hood or A Menace to Society. It's Good Kid, Mad City. Um, we spoke to this earlier, Taylor Swift, favorite songs, Money Tree, Backseat Freestyle, Poetic Justice, like, bro, like those, even the swimming pools, like these, they, they, this album gives me a, a guy, a day in the life of a guy in, in the summer in Compton, dude, um, a good kid in a mad city. So even though, again, it came out early fall like this, this definitely gives me summertime vibes. It probably would have hit even just a little bit better, that much better had it dropped about 45 days earlier. Um, my favorite Kendrick album, even though this new one is on his ass, though I ain't even gonna front. Um, but I think that Kendrick Good Kid Mad City is definitely summertime vibes for sure. Facts, I agree with you 100. It was so many good albums to choose from, man. This last man, it was a lot. Oh my god, like. I'm having a hard time even right now about which one did I even want to mention because one is my favorite album ever. Mm. It ain't necessarily got to be summertime, though, but it did come out in July. And yeah, I'm going to go with that. UGK Riding Dirty. Mm -hmm. uh, UGK Riding Dirty came out in July 1995, I believe. Oh, my God. It's like I remember when that came out. I was in the eighth grade. Mm -hmm. uh, and just listening to murder over and over again and Bun B verse, it was a, a game we used to play called BB Bushes. Niggas <laughs> 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 hit you in your chest if you said something to start with a B. If I'm gonna people remember that, definitely aging myself there. But I don't know, like just how he would say the difference in the verse and people ask you to rap and you hit you in your chest because you said shit start with a B. That may remind me that. It's a lot of nostalgia. Again, I said this is my favorite album ever, probably Riding Dirty. It's, it's number one for me all time. Storytelling on there, it reminds you, Bun B said that they made that album with the thought process of this is a night out in Houston. This is mm -hmm. me and Pimp. This is how it would be, how a night would play out in Houston. And I always thought there would be a fire movie as mm -hmm. well. So be on the lookout for that Spike through Riding Dirty movie. That's hey, the, when they when they when those artists go into that bag of this is like a weekend in my city, or oh. this is a night in my city, or a day in my just like I just said with Good Kid, Man City, you can look at Riding Dirty the same way. Mm -hmm. That's what a lot of people say about Nas Illmatic. Like it just like that's what yeah, they're. I could see that. You know what I'm saying? They're taking a piece, whether that's a day in the life or a weekend, and they're putting you in those in those shoes, man. It just it, it's like when you see a TV show. And the location is like a character. You know what like I mean? Like Breaking Bad. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> Albuquerque, Bad. the wow, desert. Yeah. All that shit. Facts. Like that shit. Absolutely. I don't know. Just add layers to it, man. I did have one extra one that this this didn't come out nowhere near summertime, but it's a mixtape, though. What's that? 
that Which Rick Ross Rich Forever. Mm. Definitely summertime vibes. You got the Triple Bean Dreams on there. Um, off the boat, new Bugatti, stay scheming. <laughs> that Teflon Don came out in the summer. I almost said that. that, that me too. I did too. EMF and that goddamn uh, MC Hamill. MC Hamill. Oh my God. That had the summer in a chokehold one year. That's Jeez. a fact. I almost said that one. That's a, a fact. Couple other honorable mentions that I had. I thought you, I, I for sure knew that you was going to say that truth. That double disc. Ooh. You forget about that. That true double disc definitely came out um, July 95. That show you how much shit, though, bro. It's, it's, it's so much. It's a um, lot, man. It's almost, it's, almost a reasonable doubt because it came out July, excuse me, June 96. That Carter won. Mm. Uh, yeah. Push Daytona more recently. That Kanye graduation came out in that September. Graduation, a super sleeper. That three six when the smoke clears. Ooh, hey. almost listen. Hey, that's straight summer music. Listen, you went outside though. I was I, listen. Me, I can't even. I don't even know if the statute of limitations passed. <laughs> outside we was when that when the smoke clears came out. But yeah, that, it's a lot, man. Nelly country grammar. That's enough. That's, you don't went too far now. You don't went too far. You the hate. <laughs> and one more that you, I know you forgot. I can't believe we did 10 and didn't do a uh, No Limit Made It because Master P's last done and that Fiend is one in every family. Damn. Not in the summer too. Summertime, cook. It's a lot of heat. Facts. It's a lot of heat in the summer, man. Y'all let us know. Give us, throw us five of y'all favorite summer albums that came out. Or if you just got a summertime vibe, man, either or, let Facts. us know in the comments, youtube.com slash on deck TV. Absolutely. Um, and go check out the deep catalog of our favorite summer songs as well. Absolutely, man. Um, we're on to some wins or losses. First up, man, a brand new rap course is being taught at MIT next year by, wait for it, Lupe Fiasco. Is that a win or a loss? That's a W. If anybody could teach rap, Lupe Fiasco could teach fucking rap. Um, he was trolling people about what the course would be about. It was pretty hilarious. People were trolling him back, talking about how in-depth and the different subjects that it would cover. It was pretty cool. Uh, but I'm definitely looking for this. He was rocking the MIT hat on his IG and shit, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm, again, and we say this every other three months when a new hip-hop professor is announced or a new hip-hop class is announced. It's some bullshit. They didn't have none of this when we was in school, and I'm hot about it. Definitely would have took all of it. <laughs> what your major got to be to take this, though? Is this is an elective course? Probably an elective course. Probably elective, and I would have been first in line for that or motherfucker. In like sociology or arts or some shit like that. You definitely not gonna make no money. <laughs> 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 you ain't get no job. You gotta have a fire ass class, nigga, but no job when you come. You're gonna be working at Walgreens, nigga. Conversation's gonna be fire. Nigga, <laughs> nigga deep in a motherfucker. What are you doing working at Walgreens? <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, win or loss, man. Cole gets a second shot at professional basketball, this time in the Canadian Basketball League. He signed a deal. <laughs> hey, man. Cole like it. I love it, man. I'm going to give it a W. If he like it, I love it. Again, we talked about promo earlier. J. Cole ain't the normal rap guy that's going to be making funny jokes on Twitter and doing all this other stuff. 
I'm doing my promo while getting buckets in the Canadian African basketball leagues, man. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, I ain't mad at it. You living out this dream, man. You see people yeah. doing this. How many times you open up Instagram and Drake shooting ball at his house and his leagues? Thanks. Or uh, the nigga that he owe money, or that nigga that owes him money playing basketball. Bro, basketball is fun, bro. It just is what it is. And nigga, listen, if I'm cold, I'm going to take this deal and I'm going to get this jersey framed. And nigga, I'm going to tell my kids, nigga, I average 30 a game, even if I average three. And listen, if I was a nigga playing in that league, I'm giving J. Cole 40. Just (laughs) just cuz, nigga. Every time this song coming, you know I gave that nigga 40, right? Yeah, I'm pissing on J. Cole, nigga. Oh, my God. I'm going all out, nigga. That's my championship game. I'm playing in the, what, Canadian basket, man? I'm giving Cole everything. I got pause. That's a fact. But, yes, absolutely. Um, Last one, man. Winner Law's Prodigy, rest in peace. His catalog has finally been released on streaming sites, and he's got a new posthumous album on the way as well. So lost. <laughs> This is a big law. Like I, when you when you ask people, hey man, what are you not looking for? What are you not asking for? What can we not do for you? <laughs> hey man, go find some old prodigy songs and release them. That's the number one thing on my list that I did not need a nigga to do. The big L, dude. If you didn't know, you're new to this show. Prodigy is super overrated to me. God bless the dead. R.I.P. to him, condolences to his friends and family, but I'm not here for this at all, nigga. This is definitely a W, and if you checked out some of the stuff he did with Alchemist, you probably would like it, because it's it's all the same thing that um, that Benny does when he links with Alchemist. It's the same thing that that, uh, uh, Boldy James. Those niggas is for real. Boldy James is the same shit. This nigga was a ballerina. Oh my God. Hey, you can't never let that summer jam screen down. Never get off that summer jam. Speaking of summer, you make it off that summer jam screen, you never living it down, man. Man, that's a, that's a fact. But some of that stuff he did with Alchemist kind of hard. Though, I'm gonna be real. I um, never will listen to that. On Decker of the week, we are going to YouTube. Shout out to Loved by You. Uh, he says, "Am I tripping?" He uh, he commented on the Jack Harlow episode, by the way. Uh, he said, am I tripping or is my guy in the top left giving me Chadwick, Chadwick Bozeman vibes? <laughs> what are you talking about me? Tough. First time listener. Love the show. <laughs> we appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I usually get the other. What's the weird nigga name to play on the line? Oh, the dude on Atlanta? Yeah. No, yeah, you definitely like Keith Stanfield for sure. Not look like that nigga. <laughs> That's funny, though. That is definitely funny. I tapped out on Atlanta, by the way. I, yeah, you missed the best episodes. This was funny. Seven, eight, nine were the hardest ones. I believe I got out of it. It's funny because I definitely got out of there probably at five or six. Yeah, five or six. Five or six was weak, though. Was they were weak. Not even gonna lie. But seven, eight, nine were actually really good. <laughs> it's crazy. I might double back one day. I, I ain't finished the second season until like a long time after the one. For the record, they are back in Atlanta next season for the last Thank season for anybody. God. Yeah. Jesus. Uh what what you got to put me on? Man, I if you are if you're a fan of good TV, man, the the season finale of Better Call Saul was last night. Bro. Oh, that was the finale? That was the finale of the first part of the last season. Gotcha. Okay, 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 okay. 
Better Call Saul is so good. I'm going to run that episode back. And then after that, I'm going to run this season back. And then after that, I'm going to run the whole series back. Just to make sure I didn't miss nothing for the last part of the finale season. That shit was good, man. They ended that shit fucking perfectly. Chef's kiss. If you don't watch Better Calls, oh, excuse me. Yeah, if you don't watch Better Calls, oh, man, you in for a treat. I loved how they ended that shit last night. It's only like eight more episodes, I think, left yep. for the whole series. And those come out in maybe July. But, man, that shit was awesome. Better Calls, oh, was fucking shit. Yeah, I'm about three episodes behind, but I got to have it. And what's up with the split seasons this year? But everybody's splitting their shit up. Contractual. It's contractual shit. I'm listening to um, I listen really? to a TV podcast called uh, The Watch. Yep. And another one called um, I can't think of the name of that one, but it's on the ring or two, and they just go over TV stuff. And it's it's something to do with the contracts from the networks. Uh it's a negotiating tactic. Because everybody's doing that shit, bro. Ozark did it. Stranger Things doing it. It's a negotiating tactic to kind of get more for your money on one end or the other. So, Stranger, yeah, bitch. Stranger Things, Ozark. Um, I have to send you the link because I can't explain it specifically. What's your uh, that shit crazy. Put on, man, cooking show. A brand new cooking show. The Great Soul Food Cook-Off on OWN is fire. I ain't gonna lie. It just made me realize how little like really good black cooking shows is on TV, dude. Oh, what is it, on on? Where do I find on? Uh, you, you should have, you got Xfinity? What you got? I got Xfinity. Yeah, it's on. Oh, it's on, on demand. Yeah. Oh, watch, I love cooking shows, nigga. It was this next level chef show that was on. I was, I was binging the shit out of fire. <laughs> it's like one of them, it's like chopped, but it was soul food. I'm there. Uh, yeah, it's, it's actually really well done. Man. Had a cooking show. Now black and soul food. Oh, Tough. Here. All the way in. Oh, uh, shit. Like swimwear, man. If you guys are listening to the On Deck TV show, man, and you like us and you love us, rate, review it, subscribe, do all of the good stuff on the YouTube pages and buy the merch on our links that are in the bios. We appreciate you guys helping us get to market and do everything that we need to do. Absolutely, man. Hey, don't forget, leave a comment with your favorite summer albums. And to the next time, we are out. Yeah.